Good morning and good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Random Trek. I am your diplomatic captain, Christopher Ingle, and as always, joined with my first officer who would never crash land a shuttle on the surface of a planet, Commander Brennan, the mystical Mar. Brennan, how are you doing this week? Do we have to do an episode? Do we, do we, do we? <laughs> uh, hey, Star Trek drinking game. Take a shot every time you watch an episode where a space shuttle crash lands. Mm. You might get pretty messed up. And apparently the Voyager has an unlimited supply. Apparently. Apparently. But uh, yes, we are taking a look at Star Trek Voyager Season 2, Episode 22, Innocence. Uh, a Tuvok-centric episode, which mm. is a, a nice, nice pace. I, I do love Tim Russ. Very much so. Uh, but Brennan, how did you feel going into this one? This is one of the few episodes of Voyager I remember when it was on TV. Mm -hmm. I don't think I watched it, but I do remember when it was on TV. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, that episode. Okay. Yeah, that, that's an okay episode. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't seen it all the way through till this time. Though I do recall seeing on the blooper reel a clip from this episode. I ain't going in there. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. It reminds me of uh, of another scene from another movie that I won't quote directly, but uh, have you found anything yet? We ain't found! Yeah, mm -hmm. Tim, Tim Russ is a funny guy. He really is. Exactly what I was thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, going into this, um, this is one that I do remember seeing too. Uh, and again, I'm not in general a fan of the space shuttle or, or the shuttle has crashed stories. I uh. can't stand shuttle has crashed stories. They very rarely work out to something original. I am thinking uh, of a very select few. Um, the one with uh, Tasha Yar's death and TNG. Mm -hmm. um, that actually, I thought that one was pretty good. I mean, and of course, you know, their results were, were pretty good. Um, uh, the one where Data, um, Data's shuttle crash landed and he lost his memory uh, yes. in the later yes, seasons. Yes. That, that one was yes. pretty good. Um, th there have been a select few where that works. Otherwise, it's I'm going to say it now. It's a tired and used trope in Star Trek. Very much so. Mm. But... I remember watching this originally and I thought it was boring as a kid. I watched it now from a different lens. I think an older lens mm. uh, and really being uh, very, um, very ethereal, very, very, um, you know, on this idea of thing as, as adults sometimes do thinking more about what existence means and, mm. and what is beyond. And am I afraid of death? And, you know, this episode actually handles some subjects in a very good way. Mm. Surrounded by a premise that should not work because it's been done to death. But let's let's two walking kids. What? Oh, two walking kids. You'd think this would be crazy. I like that part of it actually. Yes. His oh, interaction yes. with the kids. We'll we'll get into that. His interaction with the kids yes. is actually pretty yes, good. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but pretty simply, what happens is two. We open up two walk crash lands uh, on a moon. Uh, along with Ensign Benet. Uh, unfortunately, Ensign Benet does not survive. 
Uh, and so Tuvok stores his his remains in kind of a, 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 a cryo field, a stasis field. Uh, Tuvok discovers on this planet or this uh, moon three children left unattended. And they tell him that their craft also crashed, killing all the adults. Um, they convince Tuvok um, that other members of his race, they're called the Draeans, mean to do mm -hmm. harm to them. Tuvok then kind of helps the kids evade the search party that's looking for them. Um, later, as the, the, the danger passes, uh, they start to behave as kids do. You know, playing around and they're noisy and getting into things that, you know, they're doing what kids do. Uh, asking questions. Most yeah, very illogical. illogical. Uh, however, meanwhile, Voyager is dealing with first contact with the Draeans and their leader, uh, Alcia. Uh, and we find that they're almost not quite xenophobic, but they're very hesitant about talking to outsiders. But Voyager's story intrigued them. Um so they have them aboard the ship, uh, but then an emergency happens. We find out this is the emergency that their their ship had crashed. Um, Voyager finds out that the shuttle is on there too, and uh, the Draeans deny Voyager the access to the to the moon and say, "You cannot go down there. It's a sacred place. Do not bother us. Leave us alone." You know they get very defensive. Um, all Janeway wants to do is to get her crew member back while still uh keeping diplomatic ties with these these species um so Tuvok's efforts fail though as in the middle of the night two of the children disappear uh Janeway and Paris at this point make a decision to take a shuttle down and to go get Tuvok themselves uh but the Drans are saying if you go down there we will send our own shuttles after you and you will not survive um but she does it anyway, because she's Janeway. Um, so they, the confrontation occurs between uh, these. Tuvok manages to get his shuttle up and promises this little girl that she can ask for asylum on Voyager. She feels that they're, they, the, the Drains left her there to die and, you know, um, they left her alone and it was terrible. And so Tuvok says, you can ask for asylum when you get aboard. Um... But unfortunately, everybody is forced to the surface. The The currents of the planet are too unstable. When they all get out, uh, the plot twist is revealed that mm. the Draeans are all Benjamin Button. And they all age in reverse. Or, excuse mm. me, they say we age in reverse. Uh, and that the children are actually in their 80s and 90s. And are ready to pass on to whatever this next existence is. And that we don't understand their culture. We don't understand their biology. We don't understand this. They can't understand it to us. And the leader tries to explain it to the little girl. Uh, and even Tuvok right there goes, oh crap. In his own Vulcany way. Um, but in the end, the little girl insists that Tuvok stay with her and walk with her as she kind of accepts her fate. And the um, the the Drayan leader Alcia kind of looks and realizes and goes, you know, wait a second, you're being uh, like an attendant. Being an attendant to our elderly is one of the highest honors you could have. She trusts you enough to allow you to take this journey. Maybe we misjudged you. Mm -hmm. uh, and so 
Uh, the episode ends. Voyager has mended its its ties with these people. And Tuvok walks with this little girl into this cave where presumably this little girl is going to die. Uh, and Tuvok, you know, offers that that note of compassion, which is very interesting. Uh, and the episode ends um, in kind of a though a sad but heartfelt way. Um. So yeah, let's uh, look at some of the things we did like about this episode. Brennan, go ahead and give it a start. Uh, well, getting to see Tuvok out of his element is always funny. To the um, just the idea that he is forced to deal with illogical children. Mm-hmm. And of course, one might argue that on its surface, it looks like of like another Star Trek character forced to deal with kids. Mm-hmm. In reality, it's a little bit more interesting, though. To be fair, I don't quite grasp the end plot twist, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I liked that the. Getting to see Chudok with the kids is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I love the members of the Voyager crew. Mm-hmm. All of them. And I love, you know, even though it's small roles for most of the other characters in getting to see Tuvok, because Tuvok also manages to be utterly hilarious of being completely deadpan. And the that's really the part that I liked is anything really with Tuvok. I think that for me personally, the rest of the episode doesn't quite work as well because it's not a bad episode, but I came out going meh. Mm-hmm. meh. And maybe our discussion will help me figure out more of what I actually liked. But at the moment, mm-hmm. not really one that particularly stuck with me. Yeah. Um, the setup to me, I don't like. I never, ever have been a fan of shuttles crashing on a surface and shenanigans ensue. I'm not. I, I just don't mm-hmm. like it. It's overdone in Star Trek. Plain and simple. Please don't give any any Star Trek episode right now. Strange New Worlds, I beg you. Do not give me space shuttle crash lands as a pl- as as a setup. I don't Unless want. It's really that. good. I don't even want. No, I don't. You're better than that, really. Now that being said, this does such a good job of not making the um the setup the point. It builds character really well for Tuvok, and I really like that. We get to see Tuvok as a father. And up to this point, the only Vulcan father we've ever seen is Sarek. So this was a unique difference for us. And I argue, even though Tuvok is completely logical the entire time, this is one of the most compassionate moments in Star Trek history that I've ever seen a Vulcan, a full-blooded Vulcan do. What he does for these kids, only a father could do. Mm-hmm. 
And I love that aspect of it. This it's was just such... Sarah, apparently. Well, well, yeah, Sarah in the movie. I loved your mother very much. <laughs> we go into that later. But in general, you know, I, I still say that, like, the, the, it, it, this to me was very powerful. And then you're dealing with the twist that this is a Benjamin Button. This is a death thing. That's a very outer limits kind of thing to me. Mm. And I love it. I really enjoyed that. I didn't see it coming the first time. I don't think any of us did. I do now because I've seen the episode so many times now. Um, but this chemistry between the kids and that innocence really fits. You know, none of us want to see anything happen to these kids. And let's face it, it this is broadcast television. Nothing's going to happen to these kids, right? That's the rules. Mm. We know it. A kid's in it. Nothing's going to happen. And then two of the kids disappear. One of them played by Taj Maori. Yep, Taj Maori. I love that. Taj Maori's in Star Trek. Hey, mm -hmm. way to go. Um, uh, Taj Maori. Yeah. So Tuvok is absolutely the highlight of this episode. And just his, his charisma. And that's interesting saying as a Vulcan. His charisma and compassion that exists underneath that layer of... of logic is so good for him because i don't think up to this point we've had a lot of tuvok development in seasons by season two we haven't we we know his past we do know he has a wife that he cares for and children that he cares for and we we've known that but we've never seen that and i don't think we get any further real depth into this kind of care until naomi wildman is is born and gets a little bit older on on the ship yes so to see him do this uh and to save and protect these children is is really well done this was strong writing this is this premise done correctly mm. and also is interesting is you just made me realize that when tubak describes what love means to him mm -hmm. As a quote unquote ill in uh, ill as an unemotional Vulcan mm -hmm. was actually very interesting mm -hmm. in describing that his family is part of him. Uh, that's an interesting definition of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's the thing about Vulcans that we always get confused. We say Vulcans don't feel emotion. That's a lie. Vulcans do feel emotion. They control it. They suppress it. But yes. that doesn't mean they don't feel it. And it's always an interesting thing with writing that I find about Vulcans is we try to turn them into these robots. And they're not. There's more complexity to that. You could be the kind of person who feels things, but does not express it and does not emote it. You have it under control. You don't let it control you, but it doesn't mean you don't feel it. And I think Sarek put that well in the JJ movies. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, like you could be logical, but still, I. and when he says, I always loved your mother, to hear Sarek of all people say, I loved That, that gives me an emotional gut punch every time I watch that. Yeah. Yet he says it with such logical coldness, 
but you know yet by that point we understand we get it and it, so i think tuvok is in the same situation here tuvok is is a compassionate caring man but he's a vulcan like anything else and logic prevails but that doesn't mean i don't feel emotion and i think tuvok gets that across here we get more character development out of out of vulcans and vulcan philosophy and we get him singing and he's a good singer mm. you didn't like oh, that a little knacking goal no i love that oh, oh love yeah that. it was it was nice and it was yes, just... but mm, i meant yes oh <laughs> yeah it was it sounds uh... a little bit like nat king cole which mm -hmm. I was nice. but it was nice um i really really it was a compassionate moment yeah mm -hmm. And I like that. And it, it just, it reminds me of so many stories where, you know, the, the nanny or the parent or, you know, somebody's trying to soothe the it's kids. It's a Mary Poppins moment. Very Mary Poppinsy, but it works in this case. It, it definitely does very works. well. In fact, uh, this is why we discuss these episodes. So you helped jog my memory and help. <laughs> that she did like. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the chemistry between them, it, it's perfect. I love it. And watching Tuvok still have to deal with their childish nature. And even though the kids admit in the end, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry we weren't the per like perfect like Vulcan children. Like these kids didn't have that idea of, mm. you know, but it, it, that's childhood in a nutshell, isn't it? In a lot of ways, like especially when we attach to someone else who's not in our familial unit. You know, uh, and and maybe someone a little bit older, or someone that, see, a, a a child has to live with a grandparent or a distant relative that you doesn't see them that often, or you know, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't as perfect as I'm sorry I'm not as good as I'm so you know, there's that feeling of, of uh, again I'll say it again, innocence. The title fits here, and these kids don't understand that, and yet the display that we're seeing here is so perfect. The mm -hmm. the 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 line delivery is perfect and spot on the acting is perfect this this was a very good tuvok centric episode a very very good one i don't think i have quite the phrase for it but i see what you mean mm -hmm. but i also love the discussion I, I alluded to earlier of what is our preparation for death do we fear death do we mm. accept death as a friend do we, you know, and this is something that a lot of franchises handle. Harry Potter handles this. Um, yes. Star Trek handles this. Star Wars has handled this. Do we accept death as a friend? Mm. As someone, you know, Vulcans say that death is but a, the end of a journey. How many, Indeed. how many beliefs here on Earth believe that exact same thing? How many people resonate with that? I certainly do. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and yet, the um yet the the beliefs that um the Drayans say about how this is we we are merely a, a coagulation of energies and that we are only in this form for a short time and then we will transcend that and become part of something greater. There's truth to that too when you talk about energy and how you know energy cannot be destroyed it can merely be transformed or or transferred but it cannot be created or destroyed. And that idea of us becoming part of something greater, again, 
rooted in science and philosophy at the same time. This episode is a lot deeper than you would think it is. Yeah, I guess I hadn't considered that. Yeah, I mean, you can look at it from so many different angles to this, and I think they're all good angles. And and despite the fact that they use a trope to set us up, they don't let that govern it. And I, I mm-hmm. really appreciate that. Indeed. Anything else you liked in it? Not really. It was an in one ear, out the other for me. Okay. What didn't you like, or what didn't you respond to? Mm. Oh, man. Where to begin? <laughs> well, it's not that I didn't like the episode. Mm-hmm. It's a, to me, it seemed very meh. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the reason is I just didn't feel that it really had any... I, I thought that the end sort of twist kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It feels a bit... Um, like, like I don't really understand, and then this idea of of it, it, it's not really euthanasia. That's not what it is. Mm-hmm. But in a weird way, in the sense of these kids don't want to, to and I understand the um, mm-hmm. I guess their brains start to deteriorate a bit, but mm-hmm. the idea that that they're asking for asylum basically and they don't really get it mm-hmm. and it sort of makes you wonder is it like I understand the Federation and you know friend uh, directive and things like that and I'm confused about at what point did they say okay no we're not going to abide by this custom of an alien species. That is an issue I have is uh, Janeway's ineptitude as a diplomat. Mm. Janeway makes decisions in here that may go, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Prime mm-hmm. directive. Prime directive. Why are we interfering? She made it very clear. Yes, your people are trapped down there, and I understand your concern to rescue them. Continue your diplomatic channels. Help these people to understand. She nearly created a diplomatic incident the moment she said, Mr. Paris, we're going down to the planet. You moron! Mm. Janeway, I I love Janeway. I do. I love Janeway. Me too. But this was not Starfleet. Not at all to me. That was a poor choice to do. When, in reality, as we saw, Tuvok was completely fine. He would have originally, eventually got found out, and then the same thing would have happened, and Janeway wouldn't have interfered, and we would have went, oops, I'm sorry, I apologize, and we would have gotten to know each other without risking uh, an incident. Right. I yeah, just... I, I definitely, she did sort of Blender that one, though. Um, Jane Wayne diplomacy has always been kind of 
But then again, you look at like say Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. It's never consistent about the Prime Directive that show. Yeah. So Star Trek, when it comes to the Prime Directive, is all over the map. Mm-hmm. But I guess the ultimate thing that I thought was a lot about this episode was I the twist at the end felt a little bit like huh kind of twist it, it didn't feel like there was a lot in the sense of oh wow that's big this felt more like it felt to me like the writers might have been thinking Ooh, let's be sneaky and fool the audience. It's like, mm-hmm. eh. So, I mean, uh, there really isn't any other reason I didn't particularly like this. It's so just, I just felt that it was like, eh. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, as Voyagers always had a problem, which I, I'm not going to necessarily blame this episode for. Because this is in the area of the era before making the whole Voyager story one big story arc would have been a thing. Mm-hmm. Did it come out today? That would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. But back then, the definitely a sense of what does this add to the overall story? Mm-hmm. And to me, it doesn't really, and it's not that that's the show's fault. It's it's in an era when it's like, well, if people keep wanting more episodes, we'll make more episodes. Never mind that we don't really have a overall idea where we're going with this. So mm-hmm. it just feels like, what does this add to the overall narrative? Nothing. But as I said, I'm not going to hold that against this series, right? It's, that's just the way TV was, unless you were Deep Space Nine back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there are some interesting things in this that uh, you know connect it to the greater uh, Star Trek world. This is the second Voyager episode in as many seasons that deal with this concept of death and the afterlife, with the first mm. being Emanations, uh, which is one that definitely creeps me out just a little bit <laughs> but uh still deals with that concept of of what is death the afterlife on our expectations and our understandings and uh kind of putting its own spin on it so it's the second time that they've done that um uh the the young lady that plays alcia uh marnie mcphail who also the same year uh went on uh to play as a a, a bit part in star trek uh first contact uh, she's Ensign Iger in engineering. She's the second individual oh, yes. that's assimilated. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's the same lady. Same lady. I yes. thought that was cool. I, I, now that you say it, it's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ensign Bennett's death means up to this point, that is the seventh member of Voyager's crew to die since Captain mm. Seventh member. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll say that's the one thing Voyager kept in, uh, intact as they were going through is keeping count. Because uh, it does come up once or twice in James. Ah, mm-hmm. Um, This is also the second time uh, in terms of consistency. Uh, Voyager is looking for polypharanide, uh, which are deposits 
uh, mm. that, that Voyager can use. Um, uh, it's it's used basically to seal warp coils. It's a pretty important thing. And this is the mm. second episode that again deals with that. This is something that they they consider with. Um, I think that there was any other immediate connections. Um, now the idea of aging backwards has been done before in the counterclock incident in the animated series, mm. which we haven't re uh, reviewed, but. Um, it's a natural occurrence of the Eret species uh, in that. Uh, so this is not a new concept for Star Trek. This has been done before. This is just done, I think, in a more dramatic... It's more than Mindy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget that. I do, I do also. I, I forget that. Uh, and then, of course, the first, you know, first Taj Maori. That was, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, so final thoughts on this episode. Well, before we do that, we, we do talk about you know, getting to know Moratuva. That really adds to the overall. Yeah. yeah a bit learning the yes to work in and things like that. Also, you know, yet again, another encounter with aliens who sticks up their butts. I, I don't. Ritual and rule. Yeah. I don't think there's anything really Which wrong is fine. with that, though. Which is fine. Yeah. But uh, that's interesting. And then, of course, um, getting to see one of the... Getting to see the doctor say that he has no name. Which mm -hmm. will later become an important story point. We also have more personality from him on a diplomatic level. And we see the work. I love that he mentions that, that I've been working with Kess and Chikota's like, it shows. Yeah. Like he's, he's developing, he's growing. And I love the doctor. Doctor's one of my favorite characters. And, and I as always, Kess adds nothing to the story. So, Or I, I feel bad for Miss Lean because. Yeah, like, well, yeah, she said quite a. Yeah. I, I still yeah. feel bad for her. Yeah. Yeah. They don't yeah, give her a lot I to agree. do. Great. Um, final thoughts would be this is an okay episode, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Not really necessarily essential, but not horrible, not bad. I think it's a great Tuvok episode. And uh, again, yes, that you I know, would agree with. anytime yeah. you're, I would say, when you're, if you're the kind of person that is really more curious about the definitions of existence and what comes later and what we define. Good I think point. this is a good one to watch. I also I recommend it. I recommend the, the uh, other one emanations. Like well, when we talk about these kinds of things, these are interesting thoughts. Well, cause Star Trek, the next generation was so. Which is a great show was so very dead set. Religion, spirituality, bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you recall that that show definitely was continuing yeah. run there's idea that religion and spirituality were not a good thing. And and the in it's the end Deep Space Nine and Voyager that make you go Well, no, no, that stuff is important. In the end, what's great about this is Alkaya and Janeway come together and they say, you know what, I think we misunderstood each other. Yeah. I think this yeah. is wrong. And Janeway is like, Yeah, I I apologize. I'm sorry. They see eye to eye again, which again, 
if Janeway had just followed diplomacy in the first place, no, we wouldn't that. have had this near conflict. I don't think it would have happened. Uh, but she's a scientist, uh-huh. not a diplomat. And, oh, I love that. We found out that Tuvok, or not Tuvok, uh, Chicote also, in his early years, was not a good diplomat. <laughs> yes, that's right. The story that he offers of first contact of the first contact that he did with just a wrong hand gesture mm-hmm. is funny, and yet that tells you in the Star Trek universe how subtle and difficult that first contact is. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And how easily it can go wrong. You know, so that's it's something that we don't deal with. So what are the odds of seeing that species in Lower Decks? And having Boimler accidentally proposition one of the females. <laughs> Considering that Boimler is the one who has all the bad luck with women. That would be a good reference. I, I do like that. I do like that. Or good luck with women, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I, I would definitely give this one a look. I would. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think, like I said, I think it has those deeper meanings. Is this an absolutely essential Voyager episode? No. But is it good Tuvok development? Absolutely. Is it really good for those themes of life and death and existence? Absolutely. Uh, so I think it just depends on what way you want to view it. Yeah. If you want it more on the surface, maybe this isn't the one for you. Right. If you're looking for some subtext, this is a good one. Well, next week. Oh. We're going, we're 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 going for some action, baby. We're going for 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 war. We're looking at season six of Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. episodes five and six. We got a two-parter, Favor the Bold and Sacrifice of Angels, yes. the retaking of Deep Space Nine yes. from the Dominion. I'm excited to watch yes. these. These are good. Oh, very good. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yes, mate. Yes. But until next week, Brennan, where can the people find you? Well, you could find me on Hive, but Hive is being weird right now. But you can find me on Twitter. Yeah, it's Brennan Mystical. You can find our, our podcast on Twitter at pageturners underscore pod. You can find us on YouTube at pageturners. They were not. You can find me at Brennan Blue on Instagram. Brennan Marr on Facebook. And all the usual social groups that I hang out with. You can find me hanging out in a lot of the same groups. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you can find me on Twitch, on Twitter at Engel 1984 uh, You can also, of course, find me here on this podcast. Uh, one day, I've got a guest on one of Brennan's uh, Star Trek or Star Wars podcasts. I got it one of these days. Mm-hmm. One day. One day. Uh, but uh, you can also find me hanging out with the LGR crew as a contributor. Uh, and you can also find me with Mark Riley, uh, Video Drew. Uh, you can find me. Uh, who else do I have? Oh, now I'm not. Uh, Dan Merle. Dan Merle, too. I am now not subscribed to there. Uh, and I am also the new head writer for the fan league, the 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 Schmodown fan league, the League of Cinephiles, uh, so check that out on YouTube mm. as well. Yes, oh Brennan, Brennan's getting that itch again. Mm. I, think, I think 
I think you need something to hold up, hold up his uh, short. The answer is, is elevator three one one seven four. That's the answer. <laughs> Brennan wants something to hold up his shorts again, doesn't he? It would seem so. Yes. <laughs> oh. One day that belt will be mine. Uh, but with that, we end every episode. Kapla and live long and prosper. Peace and long life. <laughs>